Hey, this is John Smith, and you are listening to the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. You're listening to Friends by John Smith from his new album, The Fray. My friend, I won't ever say goodbye. We'll find one another down the line. No people change, move on to a different place. My friend, I'll always recognize your face. Hello. Hello. Hi, John. How you doing, man? Very, very well. You? Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent. Where in the world are you? I'm in London. Are you? Yes. Interesting. So, because this came in through Sarah, right? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. So I, I just assumed that you would be, that I would hear an American accent on the other end of the line. <laughs> But no, sorry, I'm having chair issues. Okay, I've resolved the chair issues. Excellent, excellent. And and 
I can see that you've got John Prime there as well, just in the background as well. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the the village elder on the wall there. Yeah, exactly. I um I rotate these records every couple of weeks just to sort of remind myself of uh, of where it is that I go to church. Excellent. I've got John Col John Coltrane up there, and uh, oh yes, Gillian Welch and Ali Farkaturi. Yeah. These are my people. <laughs> yeah. We don't need much else, do we? No, no. Um, let me start off. Uh, welcome, John Smith, to the Cloud Watcher in the podcast. Thanks, man. Well, it's nice to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, when I found out that um, you were actually, I think you're currently based in Wales. Yeah, North Wales right now, man. Um, I I moved up here in October. Uh, we were living down near Brighton. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Yeah, we've we've lived all over the shop, but we settled the last year and a bit down near Brighton. And then everything happened. You know, the yeah. world sort of tipped upside down. We decided to get back closer to family. I and mean, my wife's people are farmers here in North Wales. Right. So we we came back to be you know. I've I've got a daughter, so all her cousins and grandparents are here. We wanted to get back to family. Yeah. Yeah. Um because rereading your <coughs> bio, um uh you were born in Essex. Yeah, man, right in the sort of misty uh hinterland between <laughs> London and Essex in Barking. Barking, I know where Barking is. Yeah. I mean back then. I think it might even have technically been London, but um, yeah, it's right in that on that borderlands. You know, all, all of my family going back as long as I can trace, they're all Essex people. Yeah. You know, my grandfather's worked in the Ford factory in Dagenham. Yeah. But then my my dad moved us down to Devon when we were very young. Um, he was his business was going well, and he decided to branch out, and we went down to the seaside. So I grew up in South Devon. That's a beautiful um, place in the world. Hmm. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, so I sort of grew up a country boy. So how does a country boy become yeah. a session musician for all of these big names like so, so Tom Jones, David Gray, John Babias? You know, how does that happen? Well, I... You know, I became a professional musician when I was 20, I was 22. I quit all my part-time jobs and went full-time. And then I started gigging, you know, professionally, having having been just playing open mics and clubs and pubs every night for three years. I managed to, you know, start to make a living from it. And after putting out a couple of records, I... I my paths crossed with Lisa Hannigan and and Cara Dillon and uh, you know between those two people I I started playing a lot of gigs as a sideman you know I, I toured the whole of the UK and Ireland with Cara and then I toured Europe and America and Australia with Lisa and from that you know I got I started to kind of make a name for myself as a sideman whilst making my own records my records have always come first but you know I've always enjoyed playing for other people in the in the breaks between album campaigns you know 
So through Lisa, I got to know Joe Henry, the great Joe Henry, and he uh, he has hired me for a load of sessions, including Joan Baez and Chaz and Dave. You know, a, a record that we made with Roseanne Cash and Tom Jones singing uh, Irish traditional Irish Christmas carols. Yeah, and I've I've man, I've, I've played with Leanne Rhymes. That was a good one. Wow. You know, just people that you it all seems kind of abstract until you're standing on a stage next to them and then you go oh right okay so these people are real okay do you have <laughs> any nerves like like i mean are, are these are these your heroes as well um i don't get nervous no i, I never really get nervous unless i'm playing my own songs you know to the people who've paid to see me because that's, that's a different thing you know there's a burden of responsibility that comes with that but i've met a few of my heroes and you know you just you very quickly realize that these are just working people who are you know just doing what they do and hoping for the best as well um i've never really I've, i was starstruck once i met van morrison and i was very disappointed to discover that he's actually a really nice bloke i heard all these horror stories <laughs> and he was really sweet he was really nice to me so you know and i mean you've you've i mean the, the phrase it's just quick quickly talking about your impending release um that's your sixth studio album right mm -hmm. yeah and, it is yeah and i mean um you've managed to to, to release all this bob music in the last decade as well yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a phenomenal achievement. How how have you ma 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 managed to do do all of that? Well, it's my job, yeah. man. You know, I just uh, <laughs> just work hard. You know, but thank you for saying so. Yeah, I've I've put out like I've put out four records, five records this decade. Last well, no, last decade. One record this decade so far. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I make a record every couple of years and. As much as I enjoy it, it's also how I feed my family. So if I don't make a record every couple of years, then we'll we'll be scratching our heads as to how we're going to pay the bills. And fantastic. And has the has the guitar always been your your instrument of choice? Yeah, I started on the piano, and then I discovered the drums, and then when I found the guitar, that was it for me. You know, I've I've been playing guitar now for twenty. 27 years and I've played every day since then and it just the guitar has been a very solid and reliable companion in my life it's always it's always been a place of uh, it, you know the little universe that a guitar provides is, has been a place of solace and comfort it's really uh, it's been a good friend to me so I, I just I love it you know very glad to have found it and um growing growing up um through school and everything where 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 you, where, where you always me music music called then uh yeah man i was i was the kid who sat at the back of the class you know thinking about music and drawing pictures and i was i just did terribly in school because i was a daydreamer you know i i was always getting told off and i got bad terrible grades you know right through till university when i was when i could just choose what i wanted to do and i went and studied music 
and then it was fine but all the way up to that I, I did terribly and I hated school I didn't like the kids at school I went to a grammar school it was very uptight it's a very um it's a very square school and they put a lot of emphasis on you know classical subjects and uh you know I just I just got beaten up all the time and hated the teachers I, you know school for me was a nightmare so when I got out of school and went into the world and realized that actually you can do whatever the hell you want and no one can tell you differently <laughs> it was brilliant you know I was just waiting to grow up the whole time brilliant so um did this this album the fray and um, where, where 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 does that name come 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 from it's the title track the fray it's the idea that um you know, all of us at some point or another, especially in the last year, have been in the midst of a of a fight and a struggle. And it's about coming to terms with that and finding a way to move on. You know, my choice was to be as optimistic as possible and to to deal with the sort of trouble of the the last year in a in a spirit of hope and you know, keeping the chin up. But the fray is uh, it's never too far from my mind. And um, all of these tracks that, that, that you um, have put onto the album, um, how did they start? Like, did you always have an idea of like what how this album was going to turn, 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 turn out, or did it change? When 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 you finish producing the album or making the songs, yeah, sometimes a song is born of a just a little melo a melodic idea or a little snippet of a lyric. You know, the title song, the fray, just came had this the first line of that song I had rattling around my head for weeks until I sat down to actually try and flesh it out. You know, there's no hard and fast rule for writing a song. It just it comes from a, a different place every time, but you know when it's ready to be written. You know, I, I try not to force the issue because it never ends well. I just end up chasing my tail. So I, I, you know, I'll just wait and let a song find its way, you know, find its way onto the page. Just um, try and keep my antenna up at all times. I try and stay receptive. You know, I think as a as a writer, you have to sort of remain. Um, sensitive you know to the world around you and try and maintain a sensitivity kind of in some ways keep a soft skin so that you can soak up as much influence as possible you know and then when you're ready to churn it into a song then you know all about it because you can't sleep you have to get out of bed and do it fantastic and um, listening to, to the tracks um, some of the outstanding ones for me are friends um, absolutely loved that track. Thanks, man. I won't ever say goodbye. People change. I'll always recognise your face. I mean, some some those lyrics are stuck stuck in my head. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is a love song to my mates. And it's such a beautiful song as well. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, last year and you know. Obviously, this year, year as well, and people's connections with friends and fam, family, fam, 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 families have been tested to the limit as well. And I, I think this song just, you know, it, as you say, a real love, love, love letter to to the bonds of friendship as well. 
Mm. Yeah, it's it's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just so glad that resonated because that, that that was the idea with that song. You know, I wanted it to. I wanted to say that. I just wanted I wanted to write that song and say that to my mates and for that to be the the opener of the album because so much of the album is just about like hanging on and yeah. trying trying to stay positive. And then and then who who else was in the studio because right at the end of that song you you, you get applause as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone who played on that song uh I asked them just to clap at the end of the take. So we've got piano, bass, percussion, uh, clarinet, bass, clarinet, flugelhorn, and then my co-producer, Sam. So anytime it got to the end of the track, if there was a microphone up, we'd all just down tools and go. So it sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a room full of people, but there's, there's maybe six or seven people clapping a couple of times each. Brilliant. Um... Yeah. And then and another 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 one is for me that stands out is Hold On. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a phenomenal song. Uh, Thanks, man. You. Um, Thank you. I mean, just the lines when when you hold hold me hold me steady 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 roll roll rolling with the punches every day. Mm. I mean, where did, uh, you 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 make it just sound so master fact that, that that these lyrics just came came to you, but. You, you you must be full of inspiration. Yeah, well, last year was a rich seam of inspiration, you know. It was there was a lot going on, and as I said, all I could do was hold on and try and remain optimistic. So that that song came quite naturally. Although I sat with that guitar riff for about a month solid, I wasn't playing anything else. I was just playing that guitar riff over and over and over again, trying to get it under my fingers. And as soon as I got it figured out i um yeah i wrote those words and the words came really quickly at that point as i say there's there's no set formula you know i i the song was kind of fully formed and then the words just all went down in one go but i did know very early on that i wanted jess you know jessica staveley taylor to sing on that one so i was pleased when she said yes she came down to the studio and did a session she was finishing up a record with her band the staves and uh she took she took a day and came down to real world to do some vocals with me for that song and she was the only guest musician who was able to attend in person everyone else uh, was recorded remotely you know lisa hannigan we recorded we got a zoom connection up and she recorded in a studio in dublin yeah. whereas bill frizzell milk carton kids sarah jerose courtney hartman they all sent their parts um by email you know by dropbox so I would record like the bones of the song, send it to them. They would record it in their houses, send the parts back, and then I would fold it into the mix and then bounce off the mix accordingly and let that inform the direction of the session as it as it would be if they were there in person. So I tried to maintain this feeling of a of a live physical session, even though, you know, the distances involved were huge, you know. I had, I had some people recording in California, you know, which that's a lot of plane tickets ordinarily. So via the magic of the internet, we, we managed to uh, replicate a, the live experience in the studio. Well, um, definitely, I'd have to say for, for once, te- technology has, has it's been, been a savior because 
um, you can't tell that the mix is incredibly difficult. You, you, you actually feel that you're both there live, sing, 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 singing together when, when you curl, lambrating on your song. It's, mm. it's a fantastic production, a fantastic arrange, arrangement. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I worked again with Sam Lakeman, who I made my last three records with, and you know Sam has just got a great ear. He's he's a brilliant engineer, and a, and he's a good foil. You know, I will get very, I'll get stuck into an idea, and and sometimes ignore a lot of the important stuff that needs to be done in a studio session. Sam's very good at keeping it on track. Um. So we co-produced the record, and you know, his his input was to make those a big part of what he did in the studio was just to make those collaborations sound, you know, as as close and intimate as possible. So, you know, we were we took Bill Frizzell's guitar and then we re-miked it through the room. We played it out of a speaker at the top of the room and put a microphone at the bottom of the room just to get all that room reverb. So it sounds like Bill is playing in the same space that I'm in. You know, all these little things that you can do to kind of make the whole thing uh, cohere somewhat. And um, yeah, Sam's Sam's a good, really good set of ears to have around. Fantastic. And did you always in, have in mind who you wanted to collaborate with on this record as well? Yeah, man. Um, you know, I've I've always wanted to play with Bill Frizzell. He's my he's my hero, basically. Um, you know, but it was a big deal, like letting someone else play guitar on one of my records. I've never done that before. You know, I'm a bit of a uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a perfectionist with my guitar, and you know, this time I thought, no, I'll let go a little, let go of control. And I I had Bill and and Kenny Pattengale from the Milk Carton Kids that played a little as well. I knew that I wanted to have everyone involved. It was just a matter of whether or not people were available. And as soon as I started asking people, it turned out that, yeah, everyone's sitting at home, going out of their mind. <laughs> you know, all these touring musicians sitting around with their kids, desperate for a recording project. So it, it came out really nicely. Every, everyone sent beautiful music, you know, on time and, um, and really played the hell out of it everyone performed beautifully you know I, I was i'm just i felt very fortunate overwhelmingly fortunate to have such capable friends you know so has may may his album um, saved your sanity as well yeah it felt like that at the time certainly writing the songs did <clears throat> you know there's there were moments last year really tough moments and had I not written those songs, I, I wasn't entirely sure how I would have coped. So, yeah, you know, I dug in and and I found that my work actually, um, yeah, kept me kept me going, kept me whole. I mean, it's for me because I'm a fan of music, so it was really hard for me not to go see live music. But it's yeah, like yeah. ten times, a hundred times worse. For, for the actual artist because you're there you're you're a touring musician you're a sex session musician you you, you you know music is in your dna and then to suddenly go from 
doing that at like 100 miles an hour to like stop and can't do anything at all what was that like it was very very tough as you can imagine it was um it was horrendous you know i've i've made my living well more than that i've kind of built my whole life around around touring and you know it's it's been everything like going on the road is not just about the gigs it's also about just the time that you have to process everything else and you know when you get home you've dealt with a lot of the noise in your head so that you can be present as a member of the family so i you know i rely on touring for a big part of my just my personal balance anyway you know but i i'm on tour normally 200 days a year you know i i hit the road and i kind of stay on it for a long time and so there was a bit of a grieving process you know to suddenly not be on tour pretty weird man felt felt pretty strange yeah i mean that that chimes chimes in with, with the experiences that that um I've spoken with with with, with other artists. Um, Josh Joshua Ray Walker Walker. You 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 might have heard of the version. He's one 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 of the hard hardest working artists that that, that I know. He was tour, touring two two hundred and eighty six days. He, he like like was at a gig and then completely stopped. And, That's a lot. And and you know to 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 do that and not then have that feedback from fans that you, you know when, when you're playing in front of an audience there's a certain kind of magic that the audience can can, can see because we've come to see the, the, the artist that lives in our head but then mm. you as the art, artists you know have that connection with fans as well and then certain something for it all to just go up in smoke yeah pretty pretty strange one you know it felt very weird but you know just got to make the best of it and you certainly have i mean um with the album how long did it, did it take then from your initial idea of what the album was going to be to to what's going to be released on friday well i started writing the record in properly writing those songs in April, May last year. I was recording in September and it's coming out on Friday. So less than a year from picking up the pen. Um, yeah, feels feels like it's been pretty quick, but also, you know, necessary. This album is kind of relevant to, to my life now. <laughs> I wanted, to, I just wanted to get it out. I'm looking forward to getting it released though, because when you hand it over you don't have to worry about it so much you know all you have is the feedback of your friends and music critics so people either love it or they say mean things about it so you know once it's handed over to the public mean things about this album i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man how but um how, what, it's, once i give it to the public it's like i, I don't have to think about it it's, it yeah. belongs to them how excited are you for the release then yeah i'm mega excited yeah four days four days from today when we're recording it will be out genius and yeah. um do you feel um there are 
particular highlights that that, that you've got uh, or memories memories that that you've got in in re-recording the, the album? Yeah, I mean, having Jason Rebello come into the studio, hearing him live play my music was pretty mind blowing. You know, just just singing. I'm I'm at the stage now where I can write a song and then sing it and put exactly what I want to into the song. I, I haven't always been able to do that. It's taken me a long time to get there. So now I felt with this record that for the first time I was really performing on mic and getting as close to um, delivering a live performance as I could. Just, you know, when I heard it back, I thought, okay, yeah, that's how I wanted that to sound. And that was, you know, that was my main takeaway from it. I thought, okay, well, now I'm at the point now where I can do that. I'm, I'm looking forward to making the next record. <laughs> you know, just got to keep going. And if you could go back in time to, to your younger self, um, hmm. would there be any, any advice that, that you would give give yourself? Yeah, I would say, you know, put the pint down and pick up the pen. <laughs> I should have written more songs and done less drinking. Fantastic. But, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Now, you've got a range of albums that I can see um, in your studio space that, that you've got up there. Who, who, who else are your musical heroes? Mm. Well, you know, I love the music of Nick Drake and John Remborn and Bert Jansch and all, all of the the great sort of history of, of British fingerstyle folk and blues guitar players. But, you know, on a on an evening, if, if I if I get an evening just to sit and read or whatever, I'll put on Dave Brubeck or Joni Mitchell, you know. I listen to a lot of America like just great American music. Um I think my my real heroes are people who sort of make music that transcends the very sort of present reality i think van morrison is someone who does that incredibly well he just gets a vibe going and and, and you can't escape it it's, he just paints a picture that is irresistible um i don't know man I, I i tried to avoid hero worship but i you know i love john prine yes john Coltr john coltrane you know so if you had to make a mixtape of your favorite songs, what's definitely, def definitely going to be on there? Oh, Everything is Free by Gillian Welch. Um, hmm. Summer's End by John Prine. Amelia by Joni Mitchell. And uh, probably a little Mastodon too. I quite like listening to some some thrash metal when I'm driving. I think "Crack the Sky" by Mastodon is one of my favourite records. That's awesome. So I'll probably I'll probably put Oblivion on there as well just to wake everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> now, on this album, um, what are your? I mean, it's an unfair question from from me. But um, I'm hoping you'll answer it. What are what are your fav favorite tracks? 
personally you know it changes it changes regularly but at the minute i'm really into deserving and sanctuary yeah tracks tracks three and four are my two favorites at the moment i love sanctuary because i mean that that for me you know everyone is searching for all that and you know some some place a calm some kind kind of place that they can have some peace and reflection i think that song just nail nails it thank you thanks man uh so the album is coming coming out on friday um is, is there is there going to be a i know traditionally you, you you'd have a release party as well um what, what, <laughs> what what's happening with that is, is it all just going to be on laptops yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a gig on Sunday night, the 28th. I'm gonna go and play a show in Sheffield. It's gonna be streamed around the world via mandolin.com. Um, so tickets are available uh, on yeah mandolin.com, and I will play a load of the new record and some back catalogue, and it'll be a sort of you know beautifully filmed quality live stream and that's it i'm gonna play a gig man that's what i would always do go and play a gig play the songs live let them start to find their feet you know outside of the the record itself and when was the last time that you actually played a gig well what's that going to be going to be feel like you know to get, get those ju ju juices <laughs> well i've played a, i've played a lot of you know like gigs on my webcam yeah. in my studio over the last year but the actual last physical gig I played was in Sydney just a year and a week ago. So I think standing there and knowing that this is a little more high pressure, you know, I'm not in my house, I'm actually in a venue. I think it's going to, I'm probably going to, I'll get the jitters a little bit, but I think it'll be all right. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out. Um, Pleasure, man. Um, wishing you every success with with the fray uh, it's a fantastic album and thank, thank, thank you for sharing it with, with the fans thanks man thank you for having me mm -hmm.